Let's talk about another crew on a ship called Purpoise. So the crew sailed away in the Purpoise, leaving behind Sandy and Marta. One day, after they sailed away, they spotted uh, a fleet of four ships offshore. They were pirate vessels. When the pirate came ashore to the island for water, Sandy talked to them and was invited aboard the flagship to talk to the commander of the fleet. Here he met a joint forces. He met and joined the forces with the men already infamous as the terror of the sea, a six foot six inch giant sporting two foot beard with pistols and cutlass tucked in to his wide waist belt. Just to go back a little bit, so Sandy and his wife, young wife, wife Martha, they were basically living on this island without anybody around for a long time and basically were rescued by the ship Blackbeard, who was that six foot six inch giant. And they struck an agreement at Teach alias Blackbeard, apparently got a kick out of Sandy's plight of being marooned by the Purpoise crew, so he allowed Sandy to join him. Sailing the Atlantic, the pirate fleet captured a French brig and Spanish galleon containing over a million dollars in gold and silver on its way to the King of Spain. The French brig was renamed the Flying Scot by Blackbeard and given to Sandy Gordon to command as a reward for his bravado in a fight with the French and Spaniards. The pirate vessels were now so filled with treasure that Blackbeard decided to head for the nearest landfall to rid of themselves of some of it. The nearest landfall, a port where pirates were welcomed, was New Hampshire's Isles of Shoals. As with Philip Bob, the story of Blackbeard and Sandy Gordon at the Isles have been mixed with the legend over the last 270 years. It is said that there was a great ceremony and celebration at Star Island when Sandy Gordon officially married Martha Herring. That same day, Blackbeard married a girl. He had aboard his 40-gun ship Queen Anne's Revenge. Now, Blackbeard never took marriage seriously, however, for during his lifetime, he had 14 wives and never went to sea without bevy of concubines. When he was killed in 1718, 40 children claimed him as their father. Sandy and Martha did take their marriage vows seriously and settled at White Island, one of the isles, but their honeymoon was brief. The English Navy had been searching uh, the Atlantic for the Purpoise mutineers for over a year. A man of war came to the isle shortly after Sandy and Martha set up housekeeping on White Island. Blackbeard, after staying at Star Island for over a month, wisely set sail and left the isles. But Gordon, in the Flying Scot, went out to battle the naval warship. Two well-directed broadsides and the Flying Scot sank like a rock, with Sandy Gordon in his favorite bright red uniform going down with her. Supposedly, only two of the pirate crew survived the sinking, and they were picked up by the men of war crew and hanged at the yardarm that very day. 
The only member of the pirate band left at the Isles was Martha Herring Gordon, who died there in 1735. Celia the Wright teaches comrade Captain Scott Gordon brought this lovely lady hither. They buried immense treasure on the islands. That of Scott Gordon was buried on an island apart from the rest. The maiden was carried to the island where her pirate lover's treasure was hidden and made to swear with horrible rites that until his return, if it were not till the day of judgment, she would guard it from search of all mortals. So there she paces still, still she laments like a banshee before the tempest, wailing through the gorges at Appledore. Blackbeard and his men, forced to quickly depart the isles, and never returned, buried the treasure on Smarinos and Londoner Islands, wrote one Isles historian. Londoner Isle Island is now called Lunging Island. Blackbeard's, Blackbeard's treasure is buried at the landing site of the beach facing the Star Island Hotel. Halfway across the half moon stretch of the beach, writes another historian. A third says Blackbeard's treasure is hidden just below the waterline on the beach east of the breakwater at Smarinos. Blackbeard himself, however, was quoted as saying, nobody but the devil and myself knows where my treasure is. Blackbeard sailed to Rhode Island and Connecticut. After that, stopping at Providence and New London. At the latter port, it is said that he and his men took a long trek with some of the treasure up the Nipmuc Trail and entered Providence, supposedly bearing the treasure along the way near the border of two colonies, possibly at Hampton or Brooklyn, Connecticut. A man named Cuddy of Hampton reported in 1938 that one of Ed Teach's descendants, a Barney Reynolds, came to Hampton and uncovered part of the treasure. According to Mr. Cuddy, Reynolds had a map which he inherited from Blackbeard. From New England, Blackbeard returned to his base of operations at Bath, North Carolina. After taking some 40 vessels off America's east coast, Governor Spotswood of Virginia offered 100 pounds for the apprehending and killing of Edward Teach, commonly called Blackbeard. In November of 1718, two British naval sloops under the command of Lieutenant Maynard, Maynard and with the help of former pirate Basil Hand, cornered Blackbeard and his crew of the Carolina coast. Blackbeard and 22 men fought furiously, boarding the British sloops and fighting the sailors in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Most of the pirates, including the wild and woolly pirate commander, were killed. Blackbeard received five musket balls in the head and some 20 stab wounds. Finally, Maynard sliced his throat. Blackbeard's head was delivered to the governor on the pole. Early in his career, Blackbeard served under Captain Benjamin Hornigold, a noted Caribbean pirate, as did one Sam Black Bellamy. Blackbeard and Black Bellamy left Hornigold, for the latter refused to attack or loot English vessels. 
Bellamy commanding a fleet of three pirate vessels, including his flagship, the English galley Weda, were off the New England coast in April of 1717, when a wild storm drove Weda ashore on Cape Cod. Bellamy, along with some hundred pirates, went down with the ship. Only two crewmen climbed the uh, sand cliffs to safety. One of Bellamy's pirate ships escaped the storm, however, and according to the testimonies of Lord Mary and Samuel Roberts, on May 16, 1717, these 19 pirates attacked the sloop Fisher of, New, of uh, Felix of Cape Cod and took them prisoners. They took another sloop of Gloucester, then sailed onto the Mohegan Island, Maine. John Newman of Gloucester later reported that the pirates had several chests, trunks, and bale goods aboard the sloop. From Mohegan, they moved onto Matinicas Island, south of Rockland, Maine, and pirated three more vessels, a shallop belonging to Stephen Minot of Boston and two shallops from Marblehead. The pirates then released the prisoners and headed for the Isles of Shoals, where nothing more was heard of them. Pirate leaders with ties to Isles of Shoals who didn't take advantage of the king's pardon were Ned Lowe and William Fly. Although the king and the parliament hoped to rid the seas of buccaneers with the 1717 proclamation, pirate terrorism of the coast of New England increased dramatically in the following 10 years. Many have searched for Ned Lowe's treasure at the Isles, supposedly buried at either Duck Island or Smarinos, and also said to be buried at Pond Island, one of the Harpswell Isles in Casco Bay, Maine. After attacking the Spanish galleon Don Pedro, then Monclova, and confiscating kettles of silver, bars and chests of gold and jewels, reported one of his crew, Law rode ashore from his pirate ship and deposited his great treasure in a marshy fresh water pond at Pond Island, Maine. Apparently, while dumping the treasure, the pirates got into an argument and then sword fight. Two pirates were killed, and Ned Law, often referred to as a psychopathic killer, left the bodies in the pond with the treasure. According to Orr and Bailey Islanders, the water turned bad after Law's visit. The marshy pond is dried up today, but at the north end of the Pond Island Cove, someone might someday dig up Lowe's gold, silver, and jewels. Lowe was killed, set adrift to die of thirst by his own crew a few weeks after his Pond Island deposit, mainly because his men just couldn't stand him and his cruelty any longer. An old 19th century picnic ground near Wilmont Flood, New Hampshire, uncovered over 90 silver and copper coins fairly recently uh, at Ipswich, Salisbury, uh, and nearby Hampton Beach, New Hampshire. Old Spanish pieces of eight, all dated 1715, are, are constantly being dug up in the sand. One uncovered um, was dated 1732. Many good treasure spots are never revealed, however, for the finders want to protect their own little nest eggs.